Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. I'm Will Heisentruitt, and this is Sometimes Baseball. I'm joined by a writer, journalist, editor, broadcaster, former communications and corporate communications intern, former distinguished video coordinator, and my good friend, co-host, David Bourne. How you doing, David? Can't complain. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Now, two's fun, but three's a party, so we got the band back together. With that being said, we are also joined by biker, world traveler, former teacher, former Jimmy John's delivery guy, professional dungeon master, and future psychologist, Carrie Jarvie. How you doing, Carrie? I'm doing all right. I have one more week of school, so we're going to have to change that future psychologist to active professional psychologist. There we go. Wow. All right. Wait, so you got, like, term papers you got to turn in? Like, I, all my all my classwork's already done. I just have to hassle my school to post my grade early, and I can submit my transcript to the state, and then I'm licensed. Oh wow, that's big stuff. Yeah. So was all the uh, time and effort worth it? Are you very happy? <laughs> uh, ask me once I start getting paid, then I'll okay. let you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have to find your own clients, or are they just given to you? Uh, I. I'm going to be working at a uh, private practice. I have a, a clinic. Uh, the organization does outreach and things. You know, people come to us looking for therapists, and then uh, I'm on the list of people they can see. So Nice. All right. There you go. Now, is it going to have the umlaut over the, in the name? It, it will. It will say, Kerry Yarvi. And, <laughs> and I'll just put it on my forehead since I don't have score to go to. <laughs> Oh, geez. All right. Already going off the rails here. We ain't even got to the agenda yet. <laughs> All right. So here is the agenda. We're going to start off, as always, with the what you've been thinking. And then since we figured we are going to be talking about this topic for a good amount of time, we are taking out the Today in Baseball history and the takeaways. We're going to be talking about the trade season. We just had the trade deadline. Very excited about that. So we're really going to dive into that. Winners, losers, favorite trades, least favorite trades the whole jazz. Then we're going to go into our draft of the most fun letters of the alphabet. Very excited about that. We're going to have our song, lyric, or movie quote of the day and the trending Twitter topic to bring it all home. If any of our listeners have a fun Twitter story they want us to talk about, trivia they think can stump David, Carrie, or our guests, you can be a part of the show. All you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or TikTok. On Instagram, you can DM us at sometimes baseball. And on TikTok, you can reach us at sometimes.baseball. Additionally, if you like our logo, head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash sometimes baseball. You can get officially branded apparel like I have here. If you don't like any of the current designs, you can reach out to our email, which is sometimesbaseball at gmail.com. All right, Carrie, what you been thinking? You know, I've been watching these games with no fans. And I was thinking, like, fans make it so much more interesting to see. I love seeing... The, the audience, you know, pan shots, like, it really adds to the entertainment value. You know, it boosts uh, how how players produce. I realize, you know, they should these tickets free. I don't know why I pay when I'm contributing to, like, making the broadcast more interesting, making my home team perform better. Like, they should be free. They should let me in the door without having – I get to pay them money for the opportunity to help make them better. Like, come on, that doesn't make any sense. So I, I think they should make tickets free. That's what I've been thinking about. That would be quite the promotion. Hey, free tickets. <laughs> free tickets, but could you imagine could you imagine <laughs> like could you imagine a jam-packed stadium every single day? Like how much would fandom of baseball be boosted if there were a full stadium every single time? They can make it off concessions. Like that's not That's true. Yeah, if people were willing to have the trade-off of concessions are now going to be across the board like $25, but I don't know. Maybe even just have like a night of just like everybody pays five bucks. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I just like general admission. Yeah. So like the true fans that get there at the start of the game, they can have the opportunity to sit in like the Lexus club or something. That would be cool. There you go. Yeah. Maybe you give like a certain number of seats away. Like you just have like, you know, you can have 200, you know, gate tickets. People would be lining up every night for baseball. You don't see people lining up for baseball. So also, you don't see people lining up for anything. But anyway, that's what I was <laughs> That would be a cool promotion. Like, all right, this series, it's a it's an intra-division rival. Cardinals are playing the Cubs at in St. Louis. All right. Whoever gets here first, it's general admission. Five bucks, just pick whatever seat you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. David, thoughts on that? 
Yeah, um, I, I actually think it's a pretty good idea. I, I never really thought about it that way before. Obviously, I understand why tickets cost money, but um, <laughs> even if there was one or two games a year, like you guys said, where people could just sort of go or um, tickets were real cheap, you know, let's say $5 or call it, you know, $10, something like that, and it was just packed, I think it could definitely help boost the popularity of the game. And um, yeah, the teams would still make money off of charging $6 for a hot dog and 13 <laughs> for a beer. I agree. I agree. Yeah, they, they, they make out like bandits as it is, I think. But yeah, Dave, what you been thinking? So I have to give credit where credit is due. I've been very critical of the Philadelphia Phillies this year, but things seem to be trending in the right direction. Uh, on August 22nd, Bryce Harper told the media that the team needed to win nine of the next 10 games. About 30 minutes ago, they did that. They beat the Nationals and won their ninth out of 10th game. They're, I believe, in second in the NL East now, trailing the Braves. Yes, by, they are. Yeah, by just two or three games. And um, they finally got some major league arms in the bullpen. And coincidentally, that lined up exactly with the uh, nine and one stretch they're on. And yeah, things are good in Philadelphia right now. I'm having a blast watching it. And like I said, uh, since I've been very critical of the team, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. The Phillies have finally found a way to put some wins together. Yeah, they are starting to turn into a fun team. I always thought they had that good lineup. And so that's where I thought they were coming in. I do have the one second clip from July saved on my phone. I'm going to see if it can play over the microphone. If not, I'll just insert it. Um, but, yeah, here we go. Let's see if we can hear it. I don't love the Phillies. <laughs> All right. But let me, let me just clarify that look at the Phillies bullpen numbers before 10 days ago, and then that was the depth chart I was looking at when I released the I don't love the Phillies quote. I think it's very justified. No, I, I know. I know. I just like having that little clip. I'm very happy Carrie suggested that I save that. Uh <laughs> Uh, way back when. <laughs> but yes, the Phillies are rolling. And the Nats are in contention for the first overall pick for next year. <sighs> All right, well, here's what I've been thinking. And I'll just start it off like this. It's back. The calendar has flipped to September. People are starting to sense that leaves will start changing colors. Grocery stores are starting to become more orange. It's about to be leggings and Uggs season. Lines at Starbucks are getting longer. And it all started because of this. That's right. I'm talking about pumpkin spice. The cult that has built up around pumpkin spice over the last three to five years is bordering on Jim Jones and the People's Temple level. And they're all ready to drink the Kool-Aid once summer turns to fall. Anything and everything that just has to be pumpkin for some reason. General Mills got in on it last year with pumpkin spice Cheerios and sales grew more by more than a billion dollars. Pumpkin spice beer is now a thing just because there's pumpkin spice candles. It, it all reminds me of that scene from uh, Spaceballs where yogurt has like the merchandise store is going through and just listing off items. <laughs> merchandising, merchandising, Spaceballs the t-shirt, Spaceballs the coloring book, Spaceballs the lunchbox, Spaceballs the breakfast cereal, Spaceballs the flamethrower. I am so over it. I am just hoping it all becomes a screeching halt by Crest releasing pumpkin spice toothpaste or something. Also, here's this to add to my rant. Pumpkin isn't even that good. People that eat pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving have to coat it in whipped cream to get it down anyway. It's all a scam. This is something that could go all the way to the top. I'm telling you, major political parties are involved. Jeff Bezos is cutting deals putting, to put money in his own back pocket. I'm on to him. I'm on to him. I'm out on pumpkin spice. I hate it. I don't think I've ever heard you get that passionate about literally anything in the last three or four years that I've known oh. you. You sound like how pro I am Choco Taco. You are anti <laughs> pumpkin spice. This is, this is real passion. Yeah. I, I'm honestly stuck back to the Spaceballs reference, the Spaceballs <laughs> flamethrower. I was like, what about a pumpkin spice flamethrower? And my brain has not moved on. That's no, that, like Starbucks is going to come out with that. Just oh A pumpkin God. spice flamethrower? Yeah. Just, hey, you get like, they, you walk in the door, boom, they shoot you with pumpkin spice. Congratulations. I, Are you actually trying to tell me you don't like pumpkin or pumpkin spice? Yeah. Carrie, do you? Am, am I the only one? Oh, I like it. I like pumpkin. I think it's delicious. Yeah. I'll vote in favor of pumpkin beer. It's pretty good. But I'm, I just want a pumpkin spice flamethrower. I just want to know what that is. Like, that's what I'm thinking about. I don't know. The, just the cult around it is, I'm out. 
I'm out. How close do you live to the giant eagle on the south side? A mile. You ever have their pumpkin roll? No. Go get it. Pumpkin isn't good. Pumpkin is not good. It was the only good part about being in Pittsburgh in the fall. <laughs> pumpkin is not a good flavor. I, I promise you, you'll like it. It's a little expensive. I'll pay. Pumpkin spice is just a, a, dash, of a dash of pumpkin and 10 gallons of sugar. <laughs> this is an old man take from you. Okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. There are people ready to back me up. I'm out on pumpkin spice. Anyway, it's trade season. It came and went this past week, and there were some deals. 32 of them, in fact. Today, we will break it all down. Uh, let's identify some winners and losers of the draft. David, give us your winner and give us a loser. This trade wasn't really talked about that much, but I do find the Seattle Mariners to be my winner for this year's trade deadline, or one of them at least. Uh, of course, they sent Austin Nola, Austin Adams, who I admittedly have never heard of, and Dan Altavilla, or Altavilla, he is a relief pitcher, I know him, to uh, San Diego. And in return, they will be getting Taylor Trammell, Trammell, uh, Ty France, Luis Torrens, and Andres Munoz. I really like it. Austin Nola, I don't think, has any role or didn't have any role in the Mariners rebuild. He's a solid player, but he's also 30 and a catcher. And like I said, he's good, but um, I think you got a really big return for a 30-year-old catcher who is just good. Taylor Trammell, of course, was the centerpiece of the Bauer deal last year, right? Yes, he was part of that three-team deal that sent Bauer to Cleveland or Bauer to Cincinnati Tremel from Cincinnati to the Padres and like Framiel Reyes to yeah to Cleveland, Cleveland. yeah um and I believe was a top five prospect in their system yeah um Andres Munoz is coming off of Tommy John but I mentioned in a previous episode that I really like him guy throws absolute gas so if he can come back and piece it together that's a good piece as well and then Torrens and France are also good additions so I think while Seattle did give up a pretty good player, they got a great return for that player. So they're going to be my winner. Yeah, they that deal they made, very good, very under the radar. They understood where they are in the playoff picture and said, we're just going to get a lot for these three guys that really don't fit in the plans. And they got four players who all have high upside. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. I think neither or none of the pieces that they sent over to – San Diego are going to be impactful in their rebuild, and they made the most of it, sold high, and I love it. Overall, I think the Padres did a really good job at the trade deadline, too. I don't think anybody lost that deal, but I definitely think the Mariners won, maybe, won. if there can be a winner without a loser, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the thing, well, the thing that I'll add, because I'm, I'm going to jump into the Padres later, but the for the Padres' end of this deal, it is a low-risk bridge for them at catcher. I mean, they already had Austin Hedges, the best defensive catcher in baseball, arguably best defensive catcher. Didn't have much on offense. They already had a pretty high offense, but this is uh, a guy who's uh, just, I think he's 31 now. He's just over 31. He's he, around there. Yeah. He's not a free agent until 2026. So like they, they have this guy for a long time and he can, he's, he's low cost. He's had some upside. And if he, is a bust. They have one of the top catching prospects in baseball who's coming up. Uh, actually, I think they called him up recently, but he should be taking over that starters role in the next year or two. So this is an excellent bridge. You get really high performance in the meantime. You could trade him away to somebody else if he, he keeps his same level. If he doesn't pan out, you know, you gave away one of your uh, A prospect, but they still have an elite farm system. So for the, the Padre side of things, it, it makes a ton of sense too. Yeah, it's really well said. I think um, both teams benefit from it. And overall, those are usually the best traits. If, if I had to say, like, like I said, um, there might be a winner, but there's no loser. And both teams were able to benefit. Yeah, this is one of those deals that really addressed outlying needs that the Padres had because their relief core was kind of down. They have a lot of guys either underperforming or injured. And Austin Adams and Altavia do fill those gaps Austin Adams was actually in contention for reliever of the month uh, one month last year he had oh, like nice. a 0-4 ERA or something with like a lot more strikeouts and innings but yeah so th it definitely addressed their needs and the Mariners got a good return for you so yeah that's a good pick for a winner I like it who's your loser I'm gonna go with the Atlanta Braves 
They picked up Tommy Malone from Baltimore, but <laughs> if that's your big pitching acquisition, I can't call you a winner. So um, <laughs> I, I think it addressed their need for starting pitching, but I don't know if it really helped them at all. It seemed sort of like a lateral move. Props to the Orioles, first and foremost, for signing a guy to a minor league deal in Tommy Malone and getting two players to be named later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those guys in charge over there know what they're doing. It might not seem like it with how many games they're going to lose over the next couple of years, but they built that Astros core, and they're going to build that Orioles core the same way. Yeah, uh, on the personal podcast series that we just released uh, with Xavier Dashner, he's an avid Orioles fan, and he was talking a lot about that, how the Orioles are coming, and this is one way that they're doing it. Yeah, it's going to take a while, but they'll get there eventually. Uh, Kerry, any thoughts, or do we want to just jump into your winners and losers? Well, um, I, do you have a I, – William, I, I don't know who your, your loser is. I don't want to spoil that. Right, well, I'll just say my loser right now. I'm very frustrated with this team. In, in the same way that the Braves did not address any of their needs that they had, like they needed starting pitching, my loser is my very own Washington Nationals. <laughs> they looked like they were in perfect position to sell with all of these expiring contracts and a farm system in desperate need of, of a boost in talent. They have desirable relievers. They have talented platoon options. They have catchers who can hit. They were in last place, close to Pirates level. They're even closer now after getting swept in four games. They can't score. Their staff gives up a lot of runs early, and they did nothing. It is the perfect seller's market sell guys for 30 games and get minor league guys with six or seven years of control. It made absolutely zero sense to me. They were getting calls on a bunch of guys and chose to stand pat. So they are a big fat loser this year. That was pumpkin spice-esque. Dude, I it, – it was the most frustrating thing as a fan because they were getting calls. Like, it's not that, like, nobody was making trades. People are making trades, and they were getting calls on guys that they – like, people wanted a Struble Cabrera because he can mash left-handed pitching. He's hitting, like, 370 against them this year with a bunch of homers. Kurt Suzuki was getting calls. Jan Gomes was getting calls. Daniel Hudson. I don't know about Sean Doolittle, but still, these guys are on expiring contracts, and they chose to do nothing. And that's uh, the reason I, I, I asked you to go because I didn't want to steal your thunder there. But I think generally just the NL East – is kind of the loser of this whole trade deadline. <laughs> I guess the Marlins acquired an outfielder, but that it's it's so tight there. There could be a winner. And I guess the the distinction between coming in first and second is not as great, but the Braves didn't take a huge stand. The Phillies like, you know, made moves, but like no one went out like Mike Clevenger went for pennies, right? Like some like you can't tell me someone couldn't have put together in the Braves or Phillies front office something that would be enticing. Get an outfielder, and Cleveland would trade Mike Clevenger and uh, <laughs> Francisco Lindor and half their team to you um, if you could give them a functional outfielder. So I, I, it just seemed like the NL East, there was a real opportunity for someone to try and step out of kind of like a lot of teams, you know, competing, and no one really did. And yeah, uh, I, I won't pile on more to your, your nationals, but yeah, prime seller's market, and they just kind of held their hands under their lap. I guess the Mets, like, got Todd Frazier again, so... Yeah, know, I don't... None of these are going to, you know, really put you in contention, take you over the hump to the playoffs, so... I don't know. I will say this, though. From the perspective of the Cleveland Indians, I thought they did very well in the Mike Clevenger trade uh, for getting Cal Quantrill, Gabriel Arias... Joey Cantillo and Owen Miller. Granted, I don't love Austin Hedges or Josh Naylor, but those other four guys I thought are – that was a good return for them. It was kind of like a quantity trade, you know. <laughs> Let's just get six guys and see what they can do. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's that's kind of their model. But, yeah, that, so just uh, adding on to the, the loserdom, I, I would say the whole NL East, like it seemed like there was a chance to, to step out ahead and, and nobody really took it. For, for, for Cleveland, yeah, they, they, you know, they wanted a win now and also a haul of, of just a variety of things. And that's like, again, that sounds like a good match for the Nationals if they wanted to try and buy their way back in. It seems like any, any team that, that 
Gosh, I just love the, the Padres end of that one too. It's such a, it's such a, I'm going to stand pat and also take a step forward uh, at the same time. So uh, when they paired that with their other trades for. Uh, oh my Nola, God. also Nola. Thank you. Not Starling Castro. Yeah. So here's my winner for the deadline. I'm going to go with the Toronto Blue Jays. I remember talking with a lot of people back in February that they just needed starting pitching in order to compete because they have the young hitting. And they went out and got not one, not two, but three starting pitchers this year in Taiwan Walker, Robbie Ray, and the supremely underrated Ross Stripling. They also got a personal favorite of mine in the form of Jonathan VR. And I'll tell you what, this team making the playoffs means so much. And to have them grow confidence in themselves and leapfrog their way into consistent contention, I think this is a way to do it. Hyunjin Ryu is an ace, and he's pitching like it. I am happy that they are capitalizing on what their team is showing them this year. I don't know. I like Because Tywin Walker, I think he went six scoreless in his debut. Ro- Robbie Ray is a guy that strikes out a lot of people. Granted, he's walking nine per nine, but he's still somebody that can give you innings. And I think for this team, that's awesome. Yeah, I really like Toronto taking advantage of the Red Sox down year. I think it's pretty cool that they pulled the trigger and are willing to go for it. They're obviously one of the smaller dogs in that division every year just because they don't have the billions of dollars to spend that the Yankees and the Red Sox do. And it's pretty open now. The Yankees are banged up. Of course, the Rays have sort of distanced themselves at the top. But the Blue Jays said, hey, we're we're right around. You know, we're hanging with these guys, and we're going to go for it. We have the core there. We need some pitching. And then they added an entire staff, basically. (laughs) They didn't give up a haul for it either. So, um, yeah, they they were going to be one of my winners, too. Yeah, they did very, very well, I thought. Currently, as the standings are now, at 8.39 p.m. on September 3rd. The Tampa Bay Rays are 26-12. and 12. The New York Yankees are 20-16. and 16, And the Toronto Blue Jays are 19-16. and 16. So they are just a half game away from getting a guaranteed playoff position. Yeah, their big, their big competition is the Tigers. Like, that's, you know, they're, they're <laughs> I guess, the Orioles, right? Like, there's, there's not a lot of, like, people right there uh, fighting with them. So they, they absolutely... Took their moment. And the, the other trade that we haven't really talked about, but I, I also love as part of their uh, acquisition is Jonathan VR. As, yeah, uh, yeah, I mentioned that. But, yes, I love it, yeah. He's, he's great Bo Bichette insurance. Bo Bichette, you know, huge breakout star last year, injured. And Jonathan VR, very capable guy to have on your team. And when Bo Bichette comes back, if he doesn't come back, you've got a perfect guy to be in there. If Bo Bichette does come back, you have an excellent bench piece. VR can move around. Great guy to have in the playoffs if somebody gets hurt, if some, you know, anything happens, like great backup guy to have in that infield. So I, I love that as part of this whole sequence of moves. Yeah, I think it's amazing. And you can put him at second, short, third, whatever it may be, and he's fast. And <laughs> he's just a, a guy you can depend on. You like him out there. I don't know. I, I, I do like what the Blue Jays did just because of what their team was showing them. And I think that's my biggest gripe with the Nationals was their team was showing them we are not a playoff team. <laughs> and they still chose to act like a playoff team and not sell. Gary, who's your winner? I know you touched on it, but. You all gave me the, the softball. We were kind of planning uh, ahead of time, but you, uh, this is the easy one. Uh, the San Diego Padres. They were the most active team at the deadline, and they, they got a haul. They, uh, to name some of their acquisitions, Trevor <laughs> Rosenthal, Mitch Moreland, those are the first two, just just good filler pieces. And then they got the ace. They got Mike Clevenger. They brought him in as a ringer to really round out the front end of that staff, which is amazing for them. And then, uh, obviously, David talked about the Austin Nola trade already. We already touched on that. But they didn't give up, you know, a huge part of their farm system. They gave Austin Hedges, who was their everyday catcher, away in order to get a new everyday catcher. Uh, and better it, one. <laughs> a better one. Um, better offensively one. So it, it was a perfect match. And I think the thing that I really love about all the sequence of trades that they did is how they're doing this thing where a lot of teams are buying 1.5 years of service. Yes. Um, yes. Like Mitch Moreland. Uh, um, yeah, Mitch Moreland, Mike Clevenger, both those guys signed through next year. So the, the traditional kind of rental thing is, is going out the window. 
it's it's way too expensive. Teams are realizing like you'll you'll give an arm and a leg for one good reliever for a half a year. It's too much. You know, the Araldus Chapman trade is 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 not gonna happen anymore. I think I think we're gonna see a lot more teams doing this 1.5 years of service where you get a boost down the stretch and you get a little bit more for the next year. Teams are much more willing to to part with pieces to make that happen. So for a team that's you know, uh, they have to compete against the Dodgers in the same division. They, they don't have budget competition. What do they have? They have the depth of their farm system. And uh, they, they took advantage of Cleveland needing more everyday people today. Just average players uh, that they need out. And Cleveland's still trying to be competitive. They, they made great lateral upgrades uh, using, using what they had. So, yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, the, the Nationals GM, Mike Rizzo, when he's – usually at the trading deadline looking to acquire. He always buys guys with one and a half, two and a half seasons of control left. He likes getting guys now that can help him now and then can help him a year from now, two years from now. So, yes, I think that was a, a big play for people uh, at this trading deadline was we're not going to get guys on expiring contracts unless they are very cheap expiring contracts, like a Robbie Ray who costs like a player to be named later or whatever. Um, yeah. But, yes, the Padres, they fulfilled every single one of their needs for this year and for next year and what, while keeping their top five or six prospects. It was a very impressive trading deadline, albeit in a flurry of moves <laughs> with a lot of players moving around. But I think this team did very well. I'm actually very interested to see what this trading deadline looks like three years from now, like where are all these players three years from now that the Padres traded away? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this shakes out. Obviously huge implications for Cleveland. They got, you know, a huge variety of guys just buying a bunch of lottery tickets, hoping something hands out and there. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Can I say my favorite trade right now? I know. I'm yeah. Good. Yeah. Just so the Padres and the Mariners, the trade for Austin Nola, it was seven players. Is that right? Yeah, you're right. I think so, yeah. Seven players. So they put together this huge package of players, right? Like, they're, they, like, got all these moving parts. They check everything out. The next day, they do another deal. Just another one-for-one one deal. Like, yeah. <laughs> they were so – they were too impatient. They, like, they needed to get this trade done so quick. They didn't even think to, like – survey everything else like oh should we also do that one so that's my favorite trade is the tack on trade the next day they added oh yeah also let's do another one for one just for fun uh they <laughs> i was like why wasn't that part of the, the the seven player deal make it a nine player deal why not and they're like no no no, no. We'll, we'll sleep on it we'll do that one tomorrow it, it, that's how it's gonna go so that was my favorite trade uh not not for just the sequence of events wise that's what made it my favorite Yes, the trade Kerry is referring to is the Padres acquiring Taylor Williams from the Mariners for a player to be named later. And Taylor Williams is actually leading the Mariners in saves this year before being dealt. So it's another bullpen piece for him. So yeah, AJ Preller, the Padres GM, is hysterical. Um, <laughs> I always compare it to like when you're playing MLB The Show and you just, you're just sort of bored with your team on franchise modes. So you put a bunch of guys in the trade finder and just see what you get back. That's what he does. He that guy has never met a trade he does he hasn't liked, and this year he he really did a good job. He saw the team can be something like you said. He filled every single hole that they had, and really the depth of their prospect pool was huge. There were so many guys that they traded that were expendable. They were blocked by other names. They had to be added to the forty man at the end of the year or something like that. And they just had so many prospects where it was easy to move them and not really lose that much at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I, yes. Also, Carrie, uh, something I do I did find funny was they traded for two guys named Austin, and they traded away a guy named Austin <laughs> the next day. <laughs> I, I I did like that. My favorite trade, though, I think I forget. Oh no, my favorite trade was the Cubs acquiring. DH Jose Martinez from the Rays for two players to be named later because it's not often you see a trade between two first place teams but I do like it from the Cubs perspective because they're just adding more mashing to that lineup yeah guy rakes that's that's pretty much <laughs> the scouting report on Jose Martinez can I say as a former Cardinals fan I'm so I'm so peeved by this man 
We traded away Jose Martinez before the season started, before we had the DH. He was, he was the perfect DH candidate. He can't field if his life depended on it. He can DH. And, like, uh, we trade him away. He goes to Tampa Bay. They didn't even want him. They, no. <laughs> they turned around and they threw it. They wanted Sandy Alcantara. They wanted the other piece of that deal. That's, that's who they wanted in, in the trade. And they moved Jose Martinez to clear space for the other guy that we sent to the oh, – I'm so mad. I'm so mad. They also have, like, 12 outfielders that they have to try and get in that lineup every other day. Like, What are they doing? I don't know, but it's working. <laughs> they need to go talk to Cleveland. They should have talked to Cleveland. Oh, I love Jose Martinez. I'm with you. I don't really know why he can't find a home in this league with the universal DH, but I, I guess he has one now in Chicago, and we just got to sit and wait. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> David, do you have a favorite trade from the trading day? I do. I really like Sterling Marte going to the Marlins. I did like that one, yes. Yeah, right. they, they gave away Caleb Smith, who is really solid. I, I would take Caleb Smith on 30 teams in the league, but I don't think he's great. And then um, I don't know much about this Humberto Mejia, but I'm guessing he was one of their their bigger prospects. It looks like he has pretty decent numbers. I'm just glancing at his stats right now. But um, I love the Marlins going for it. I think they're beating everybody's expectations. That would probably be very <laughs> yeah. fair to say. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's cool to watch these teams like the Marlins and Toronto just go full speed and say, hey – we're in this thing. We didn't think we would be here, but we are, and we're going to go for it. Can I tell you, there's an article on Fangraphs about the greatest playoff odds improvements and the greatest playoff odds losers from the trade deadline. Can you guess where the Marlins ranked on that list? Number one? Number two. (laughs) Two playoff odds improvers, just by adding Starling Marte. They improved their playoff odds by 3.7% with that trade. He immediately won them a game. He hit a go-ahead homer in his first game. <laughs> I also think Starling Marte is criminally underrated. Yeah, well, he oh, was yeah. also stuck in with the Pirates for yeah. But um, I, I hear the arguments all the time. You know, the strikeout numbers are high, this, that, and the other. But hits for pop, has a pretty solid average every single year, plays really good defense, and he can move. Yeah. Yep. Like, he doesn't do much wrong. I really like Starling Marte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another example of a team that said, all right, this is what they've been showing us. We're going to reward them, and we're going to go at a guy. And they, 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 Jonathan Villar became expendable to them uh, because they have Hassan Diaz coming back. So they're like, yeah, let's just get a player. Who cares? <laughs> I don't know. I, I did like that deal. Any other winners or losers that we didn't touch on? I'm going to say the Reds, I think. They did add some guys that I like in Archie Bradley. And they also added Brian Goodwin from the Angels. And I really like him. Uh, him in that ballpark is going to be a really good fit, I think. He's also an above-average outfielder. Uh, so I think they did address things that they needed to. I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoffs. But if they snuck in there, they are a team to be reckoned with with their starting rotation right now. Yeah, they – they're in a weird spot where they sort of like had to buy, even though they don't have a great record and pretty solid additions. But um, I do have a loser also that we haven't touched on yet. And that's the Texas Rangers. Yeah. I, I don't understand why Lance Lynn is still on the Texas Rangers. His value is never going to be higher than it is this season because he's dealing yeah. and <laughs> somebody must've been calling. Right. Like <laughs> there's no way they just weren't getting any interest there. And they're not going to win anything this year, and I doubt they're going to win anything next year either. So I don't, I don't really understand the thought process. Yeah, he'll probably be one of the higher coveted starting pitching trade opportunities come this winter. Mm-hmm. They, they would have gotten more value out of him trading him right now than yep. waiting two months and trading him. They, they, are, they were good so much more if they traded him right now. I'm with Kerry. I don't, I don't think Lance Lynn is ever going to be playing better than he is right now. And if he does, good for him because he's playing at an elite level right now. So I don't know how you could top it. Yeah, the other player they didn't move is Joey Gallo. I guess they fielded some calls on him as well. Mm-hmm. 
be a free agent coming up, but I, I think free agent next year. But yeah, Lance Lynn or Joey Gallo not moving them. It's like, I guess they see themselves as contenders, which Dylan Bundy was the other surprise uh, non-moving pitcher. Yeah, Dylan Bundy absolutely dealing. But that I see a little bit more with the Angels potentially reloading in the offseason and wanting to keep him. Them I actually see as potentially viable next year. They still have Trout and Rendon. Upton still, you know, hitting decently. They, they could put together a team and they need a pitching staff next year. The Rangers, I don't know if they're going to be putting together a competitive team next year, honestly. like, Yeah, and the Rangers and Braves easily could have gone from loser to winner status, the both of them, just by trading with each other. <laughs> Like Lance Lynn going to the Braves or Lance Lynn going to the Yankees. Like they, those were two teams that like needed pitching and they just didn't do it. I don't know. I'll, I'll never understand what goes on in a front office during the trading deadline, but it's my favorite time of the year. <laughs> it is fun for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll, only other loser I'll add here that we haven't really talked about is the Milwaukee Brewers who traded away David Phelps to the Phillies. For uh, three players to be named later, which <laughs> is not <laughs> – and I know they're not sitting at the top of our division, but they have a record. Things could turn around for the Brewers if they made a couple moves, if they, if they made anything like Toronto's moves. I mean, Toronto did a lot, but if they, if they you know, made a couple key moves, they could find themselves you know, very clearly in a playoff spot. The NL has a lot of medium, you know, fringy wildcard playoff contenders, and they could have solidified themselves as one of those teams by making a couple moves, and they, they just didn't do anything. Yep. The Brewers, as of right now, are a half game out for <laughs> the playoffs. <laughs> they have 50% playoff odds, and the Reds have 40% playoff odds, and the Reds did more. That, mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, Reds are right behind the Brewers by – Game and a half. So, I don't know. Uh, my least favorite trade is the White Sox acquiring outfielder Gerard Dyson from the Pirates for international signing bonus pool money. This was just the dumbest trade. The White Sox don't need outfielders because they have Eloy Jimenez, Nomar Mazzara, and the stud in Luis Robert. They don't need Gerard Dyson. And the Pirates, I don't know. I, I can't believe they didn't get a player out of this. They just got more money. I think if you looked at Gerard Dyson's stats from this year, the money instead of a player might make a little bit more sense. I understand that. But, like, yeah, from both sides, this, this deal is just dumb. Like, how did Gerard Dyson even get traded? <laughs> one thing, hitting 212. Yeah, who started that phone call? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. What is the play? Is he going to pinch run? Like, is he ever going to bat? I'm guessing probably not. I, I, I really don't know because – like put him in the outfield for Aloy Jimenez. Yeah, I was just gonna ask if one of those outfielders was a liability, like defensively. Are they gonna? Oh, I wonder if they're gonna do like a, a Frankenstein's monster type thing, and they're gonna put his legs on Jose Abreu or something. <laughs> 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 oh, jeez. I, I don't know how else to make him useful on that team. Like, yeah, I really don't. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, is there anything else we wanted to touch on? Not particularly. I, I, I could talk about the trade deadline for half an hour or three hours. So um, if you guys wanted to keep going, I'm cool. But if nobody has anything pressing, then no. Uh... All right. Uh, we're going to move on to our draft, the most fun letters of the alphabet. So I, I'm gonna, I keep handing out the first overall selection. So I'm going to take it this time. Uh, we're going to do three rounds, if that's all right with everybody. And I'm going to take the letter Q. I think it's the most fun letter when you're designing the, when you're a calligrapher and you're writing out the alphabet, like the letters, like you get your most artistic freedom with the letter Q. <laughs> the, the Q is always, it's a quirky, it's a quirky kind of letter. I don't know what other keywords are out there. I don't know. I just love the letter Q. I think it, it, it adds a lot of fun to a sentence. Quickness. <laughs> I don't know. Just... The letter Q, it, it, it nice. speaks for itself. There's not much rebuttal that can happen in this I, one. But, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was quite a, uh, a good pick, <laughs> I guess. Wow. What, I what like in cursive, the capital Q looks like the number two. That's fun. Interesting. 
right. What a quaint response. Um, I don't know if that word fits. I feel so passionately about lowercase g. I know we're taking, <laughs> taking letters, but I like lowercase g. I just, I like, I like the swirl. I add a little twirl at the end of mine. I like capital G in, in cursive. I think on Sesame Street, a capital G in, in print font looks pretty solid. It's just, it's right there. You know, it's got the big swirl. Big, you can draw a straight line. You can do the, the R, the kind of elbow, right angle line. Mm -hmm. you, you got your own personal flair you can put on it. Letter G. Yeah, this is another one where you can add a little bit of artistic freedom for calligraphers. And I also like that in different type fonts, the lowercase g takes so many different forms. Sometimes it looks like the number eight. Sometimes it uh, has yeah. a little curl to it. You can, do, you can do a lot of fun things with the g. That, that's a good point. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you mm -hmm. for bringing that uh, to the table. Uh, David. <laughs> you guys missed the best letter with your first two picks, and that is the letter D for David. <laughs> that's really my only <laughs> argument there. Uh, as, as soon as I saw this topic was going to be what we were drafting, I, I didn't really know which direction to take, but I knew the D direction was the way to go. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my first <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't think any of us know what we're doing uh, when we're drafting <laughs> these things. Uh, me and Carrie drafted princesses. We want to back us up in a fight. And that worked out pretty well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because my team was going to win that fight. That's right. <laughs> my team had the quickness. We had the cue. That's fine. I had actual trained warriors. So, I, look, I took Mulan. That was the whole draft. That was all right. Anyway. That's don't great. let this distract you from the fact that D is the best letter. I don't know. The funniest, <laughs> the funniest letter is the letter P. Just because it's a word, and that word is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. P is funny, man. Uh, it, it's definitely the jokester, uh, the class clown of the 26. <laughs> is that your second round pick, P? Yes, that is my second round pick. <laughs> um, oh, I thought we were starting a new draft of the funniest letters. I was like, all right, I'm down for that. <laughs> funniest, most fun. I don't Terry, know. Terry, what's your next pick? <laughs> Jeez. I, I'm going to pick – this is a reverse pick. I'm picking the worst letter. I don't like it. I think it's dumb. It's the letter X. We don't need it. Stupid. It's a K and an S. In, in the, I speak, my dad is from Finland. In, in Finland, we don't even have the letter X. It's against the rules because the letter X is just a K and an S next to each other. You just write KS, that's a X sound. That's an X. We don't even need this letter. It's useless. I'm reverse picking. Uh, I'm bottom of the draft. That's I'm for my second round pick. I'm picking the the worst thing. I, I don't know how you how do you negative draft, but that's what I'm trying to do here. So there you go. Uh, all right. Yeah, we've officially mentioned that about uh, the K and S though, because I watched a lot of hockey and there's a lot of Alexanders from Finland mm -hmm. and like it's K S A N D E R and I never knew yep. why. Not yeah, because you don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about X Ray? How do you do that? Riddle me that, Carrie. X. Uh, it's it's. it's uh, is, it, is it a KS ray? It's the X. You can make the you can make the X sound EKS. That's how you're actually saying it. All right, yeah. uh, <laughs> David, what you got? X was gonna be my next pick, um, <laughs> which leaves me high and dry. So <laughs> just off the top of my head, I'll go S. I like that, like, cartoon S that people used to draw on, on paper. Oh, yes. The like, super S. Cool. The super yeah, that's yeah, pretty, pretty cool. cool looking. Makes a cool sound. <laughs> I don't know. S is my pick. What, what, what do you got for your third rounder? Sometimes baseball. There we go. Yeah, also that S. So yeah. <laughs> obviously, that's a good pick. Um, hmm. What should be my next selection? I'm going to go the lowercase j here because it's a lot of fun, you know. Um, it's a jokester. I don't know. It has like a little – it has a little It has a little bit of character on it, you know. It's got like the dot. It's got the curliness at the bottom. I think it's kind of fun. Uh, the letter J, this, Jarvy. This, uh, this, this is all arbitrary. I'm going to jump in with my next pick. I'm, I'm going off the board. It's not even a letter. I'm taking a, a – a blend, a sound, it's, uh, ch, 
just ch just ch i just think it's a cool sound ch 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 uh you also <laughs> say it in finland there's no there's no ch sound it doesn't make any sense so <laughs> finnish people can't say it and it's really fun to get them to try and say ch words like chemistry or uh choo choo uh they just go like two two like it does it comes out as like a t it's really fun uh, anyone who's a non-native English speaker will hate CH. It's terrible. TH is also a, an awful one, um, but I, I'm taking it because why not? It's not All right, good. so Carrie has drafted his favorite letter, his least favorite letter, yep. in a sound. Correct. Um, this is about what I should have expected, but yeah, we're doing it. All right, uh, Dave, what you got for your last pick? If Carrie took CH, I'm just going to take C because I give credit to anybody that is sitting here and listening to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is going to be my last pick. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know why anyone would listen to this. Uh, other <laughs> for even at the start. Uh, other notables we left off, the letter Z. <laughs> Snubs from the list include... <laughs> Uh, the letter Y, just because of, like the YMCA dance, like Y and sometimes Y. It's a it's a vowel sometimes, but not other times. It's very yes, exactly. It doesn't really know what it's doing. Um, <laughs> the letter A. It's always a fun thing to see on a paper or a report card. Uh, the I like that a. In, in Britain and in Canada they have Z instead of Z. I think that's just fun that we get to say it two different ways, even though we're speaking the same language. <laughs> Interesting. And then the letter W for wins. Everybody loves a W. And Washington w. Nationals and Walgreens. Yeah, well, the Nats aren't having How much time you spend fun. outside the Washington, D.C. area? Everyone in Seattle thinks your sister's wearing a Walgreens hat. Like, yeah. They're like, why are you such a Walgreens fan? And she's like, no, the curly W. It's the Washington Nationals. And they're like, nah, it's definitely Walgreens. <laughs> You need a CVS hat so you guys can be like the pharmacy couple. Oh, man. I got a nice Rite Aid hat. Yeah. Get a Rite Aid hat and carry on a box cutter and just kind of look loose and uh, scare. That's what, that's what I should do. Oh, geez. I wore a Nationals uh, quarter zip to class one day in Pittsburgh, and the teacher asked me if I worked at Walgreens. And I said, maybe <laughs> not. I'm from D.C. Anyway, I think we're about done with that draft. What do you guys think? Should we move on to song lyrics and movie quotes? I think we should dwell on this topic for about 15 more minutes. Okay. All right, uh, Carrie, give us your song lyric or movie quote, please. Oh, I only have a sad one. You got to come back to me. Sorry. Okay. Trout, go for it. What you got, buddy? All right. Uh, mine comes from Post Malone on Paranoid. And as the lyric is, a paranoid man makes paranoid plans. And I like that. It's a cool, like, it, it's a very simple lyric, but it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Because people, they get paranoid. It's like, all right, we got to do this, 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 and this. Like, like this is the only way it's got to happen. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then, like, when you take a step, when you really take a step back, they see how faulty their plans are. So I, I think that's a good reminder for people, you know, just... Take a step back and really, are you on the right path? Is, it, is your plan correct? So yeah, Post Malone, good lyricist. Uh, it really dives into people's minds, I think. I don't know. I like it. Are you a big Post Malone guy? I, I would go see a concert um, if he went on another one. Yeah, I like him. It's good. Good message behind a lot of his songs. David, what you got? On my way to and from work today, I listened to the entirety of the John Lennon album, John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. And for anybody who hasn't listened to that album, especially um, if you're into that type of music, I highly recommend it because it's a really weird one, but it's good. There's a song called God, which is sort of a strange song that just talks about how John Lennon doesn't really buy into like all of these ideas, some of which being like religion name or, or whatever it might be. The song ends with yesterday I was the dream weaver, but now I'm reborn. I was the walrus, but now I'm John. And so dear friends, you just have to carry on. The dream is over. And it just sort of talks about how, you know, he was a star for a little while there and he was, one of the biggest things on earth and now he's just sort of over it he, he's just john of course 
I Am the Walrus refers to that song, but now he's just chilling. He's he's with his wife or his girlfriend or whatever Yoko Ono was at the time, and um, he's enjoying himself. And I don't know, I really enjoyed listening to that album all the way through today, so that's my pick. Wow. Uh, check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I'll have to check that one out for sure. I'm sure I've heard a song or two on there, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> Gary? Uh, mine is, I, I tried to find something happier, but the one that is is stuck in my head is not going away so we're sticking with it it's uh melancholy in this moment it's from a timbaland song featuring katy perry from 2009 the song title is also the quote and it's if we ever meet again and uh, the song is just about i'll never be the same if we ever meet again and it's i don't know i it just feels melancholy right now it's just in my head just uh authentically kind of in my brain like we will meet again it'll happen but we're things will be different and we'll i don't know i was reading something the other day about uh how we have to we're all socially awkward now because we forget how to interact with people and i was like yeah you know if we ever meet again we'll all be super socially awkward to each other because we forget how to interact and be friends but it'll come back we'll we'll, we'll remember so yeah that is good yeah like think how many people you've met actually i'm not even yeah <laughs> Never mind. That's too sad. I know. It, it gets oh. into a dark, kind of melancholy, sad place. So I tried to find something else, but here we are. We're back. Yes. Carrie, how much Timbaland do you have on your uh, your playlist? Do you want the answer to that question? Or? Hell yeah, I want the answer to that question. All of it. I have all, <laughs> yeah. I have all of the Timbaland. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll do a bit of the trending Twitter topic to bring us mercifully home. Uh, for those of you still out there, apologies for this Twitter topic. Uh, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was trending yesterday as they held a Zoom reunion show. So, have you all ever wanted to even watch such a show? I have. My mom is a, is a Real Housewives watcher of every city across America. So, um, yeah, if, if there's Real Housewives there, my mom has probably had it on at some point and I've probably watched it. I don't even want to. I can. I. I can tell you exactly what goes on in that show. It's just a bunch of people yelling at each other. I was gonna say it's just a bunch of rich women with stupid problems. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to, what what a life, huh? It must make good television though for somebody if there's eight different groups of Real Housewives or however many there are. Uh, yeah, the the show. Seems like the kind of show that is so insecure of itself that they just had to add the word real in there just to make it seem like it isn't scripted. I, I don't know. The, the show really, I, I don't I don't think it's that great quality television, but some people like it. Some people like stupid TV like that. Did you ever watch, um, it was like a spoof. I think it was called The Real Husbands of Hollywood. No. It was pretty funny. I guess not funny enough for it to survive multiple seasons, but it did the job if you were bored. I don't know. Carrie, thoughts on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? No, I have no thoughts. <laughs> no interest. I think I've seen a trailer or two, and I was like, that's enough of that. And I have just never, never, I've only ever skipped past. It's, uh, it's not for me. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it was really good trade deadline talk. And then the draft kind of threw it off the rails, which I expected. Carrie thankfully had a, a, a sound pick in there just to throw, just to keep us on our toes. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yes. out of the box, you got to get a new box, man. It's, yeah. I like that. Can we put that on a T-shirt? Wait, say that again. If you're not thinking out of the box, you got to get a new box. All right, <laughs> that makes sense. Who cares? <laughs> we're sometimes <laughs> baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody.